Welcome to episode 26 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. On today's episode, I have online coach Jared Hamilton. Jared has been doing something very interesting. He's been calling it the Daily Donut. He has, for the past several months, been losing weight. He's been in a fat loss phase. And as he has been doing it, he has included every day a donut into his nutrition plan. We're going to talk all about that. Can you lose weight while eating a donut every single day? Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Today with me, I have Jared Hamilton. He is an online coach. Jared, welcome to the Fitness Simplified podcast. Thanks for having me. So Jared, give us a rundown. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, why you do it. So uh, basically, my name is Jared Hamilton. Uh, I'm 27 years old. Uh, I'm a fitness coach. Um, do mostly online work now. Uh, still a little bit of personal training, but mostly online work. Um, and I live in Indiana. So I've been, I've been coaching uh, people professionally for a, around eight years uh, or so. I just love it. Fitness, how I, I kind of got started with it is it, it's been such a big part of my life and it's changed me so much. And because um, I honestly never really thought I would end up in the position I'm in. Because uh, I originally thought when I went to school, I was going to end up being a physical therapist. But then I found out uh, I don't want to get a doctorate degree or work in like a clinical setting. But that's when fitness coaching became really prevalent. And it was just over since then. And I've been coaching ever since. And I love every second of it. It's awesome. I can hear, I can hear the happiness in your voice when you talk about it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. People being passionate about what they do just makes them good at what they do. So love- 100%. So let's start here. Let's start here, Jared, because I'm fascinated by it. The Daily Donut. What is <laughs> Why are you doing it? Okay, so the Daily Donut is uh, basically started out with me calling out my own bullshit. Well, wait, am I allowed to cuss on your podcast? You do you, Jared. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> um, well, I say cussing is like a side hobby. I like working out and cussing a lot. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but As long as you're not offended that I don't cuss. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. But basically, the, um, the, the Daily Donut started, honestly, with me calling out my own, my own bullshit. Because what happened was, um, as a fitness coach, like, you know, I, I coach people full-time. I don't, this isn't a part-time gig or whatever. It's like, this is what I do um, all, all day, every day. So, but what happened was, um, I, one day, it just kind of hit me. I, I got lazy. I, I let my, my habits slide. I got weak, and I started getting fat. And I'm like, wow, I'm the fitness guy, and I am not holding my role correctly, which means I'm not leading from the front to my clients and my followers and the people that I influence. Uh, I'm not being a good leader because it's almost, it, it was like, Hey, just do what I say, but ignore what I look like kind of thing. And, mm. uh, and, and it got to the point where I'm like, wow, this is bad. Like I, I this is, this was, I sh- it, sh- it should never have happened, but we're all human and we're not perfect. And, uh, basically that's where the daily donut started. Whereas I'm, I basically made this really super uncomfortable video. Um, it was probably the most uncomfortable thing I've probably ever done. Basically calling out my own stuff saying, guys, look, I, I messed up. I made excuses. And for the sake of building a business and doing the family thing and doing this and doing that, uh, I let my own health and fitness goals slide, which is not okay. So basically made a big video calling that out. And now in this fat loss phase of my own, getting my own stuff back squared away instead of just doing it and not telling anybody, uh, just being more authentic uh, and letting people know that, hey, it's okay to mess up and get back to the way things should be. Um, I'm documenting it all and calling it the Daily Donut because if anyone's followed me for any period of time, my favorite food by far are donuts. And basically, uh, one of my philosophies that I coach, the way I coach and teach is that no food is inherently bad. You know, there's no reason you can't make some of your favorite foods, uh, whether they're like pizza or ice cream or donuts, there's no reason you have to cut those completely out of your life. Um, And uh, a very more flexible style with it where you obviously the majority of your food should be more nutritious, whole real foods. But if you want to make a donut work in your calories, like making a damn donut work in your calories. So that's why this whole thing is called the daily donut where um, I don't have an end date on it, so to speak, but I basically am going through this big fat loss phase of my own, getting myself back in shape, documenting it all, using the same teachings that I teach my followers and my clients, getting myself back in shape. So like right now I'm down because I, I, I got up to like 215. I'm a five foot six, 25 inch inseam guy. So um, 
yeah, 25 inch inseam is really short, by the way. Um, and <laughs> like, I, I've met German shepherds with longer legs than me. It's bad. But, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but yeah, I got, I was at like 215 and I'm like, wow, this sucks. Cause I've always been heavier, just like I've always been really stocky and a heavier person. But, uh, but I decided when I started losing weight and getting my stuff back in shape, I'm down to like, uh, 192 this morning. So, um, so down about and how long has it been? Down. Uh, I don't know, like four months, five months. Okay. That's so, fantastic. So are you literally eating a donut a day? Yes. Every single day. Um, every if, single day. Yep. There's been, no, if, there's been a couple cases where like just the day went by super crazy fast and I didn't plan them accordingly. And there's like one or two days I missed a donut. So I made two work in my day the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay. So what's your favorite flavor of donut? Cream filled long john. Cream filled long john. Now, are those, are those covered in chocolate on the top or no? Uh, they don't, they, uh, yes and no. They basically, a, a, cre a long john is like, it looks like a bar. Like it's not a donut right. shape. It's a bar and it's got usually cream or custard in it. Like now we're getting into real donut analytics. It's great. <laughs> Do uh, you like the custard or the cream? Cream, 100%. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not, I don't discriminate against custard, <laughs> but uh, if I had to pick and choose, I would go cream. But you'll get them. I mean, they'll have icing, they'll have sprinkles, they may be plain, but you know, nothing, nothing wrong with a good old cream filled long john. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Although I would have to go custard. Really? I like chocolate covered and then that, you know, yellow, like Boston cream kind of custard in donuts. That to me, yeah. heaven. Yeah. That's awesome. They're still good. I still, I just, I, I like uh, the cream just a little bit better. But, just a little bit uh, more. But, but your boy will still pound a custard filled donut. So. <laughs> you wouldn't turn it down. So, Okay, so you've been doing this for about four months. You lost about mm -hmm. 20 pounds. You've eaten a donut a day. How are people responding to this? Uh, a lot of people are, well, so I get a positive and negative feedback in it like it with anything else. I get people that are like, oh my gosh, Jared, this makes so much sense. And I'm going to start incorporating my favorite foods in moderation in my diet. And it's been helping a lot of people with food relationships. So like, I'm like, Which I'm oh, guessing yeah. was your point. Yeah, that, that's literally the whole point with this is because I mean, by far the vast majority of the stuff that I see people go wrong is that everyone does like deprivation diets and elimination diets and they're cutting sugar and dropping uh, all their favorite foods and they have the list of good foods and the list of bad foods and they wonder why they only last for like five weeks on a plan before they end up binging and going the other way versus one of my biggest philosophies is you kill a craving like like people like when in terms of cravings with other with foods that uh, that if you know you cravings don't i don't know pop out of the air at a level 10 like on a scale of one to tens you don't have a craving at a level 10 when it starts first comes out craving started at a level one or two so what happens you kill it when it's one or two don't wait till it's a 10 for the sake of like oh I, i'm gonna wait till my cheat day and you know if it's a monday and you're craving you know a donut don't wait till and, and it's a level one and you could have literally gone and got a 250 calorie donut and it fixed it and now you're calm cool and collected versus no I'm gonna be good no I'm gonna be good and then all of a sudden you don't eat it for another week and now you're on a scale of one to ten of a craving now you're at a 15 and you wonder why you almost have like a sexual urge towards a dozen donuts and then binging happens and it's 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 at a really bad place versus everything's contextual it's the uh, the dose is what makes poison lethal you know yeah. if, if I get if, if I get stung by one bee it hurts but like I'm by in no in no way uh you know, in harm's way, I'm not in danger, I'm not going to die. But if I get stung by the whole colony, I'm probably gonna have to go to the hospital versus um, the same thing with food if it's like is our donuts good or bad? Well, it's not a black and white thing. It's all contextual. So yeah. if I'm how if many I'm donuts? Eating, how often? What else are you eating? Yeah, I mean, shoot, I eat 3000 calories a day. And like right now, my calorie intake is I actually had to up it. Um, because uh, I was start, I was losing a little bit too fast, and mm. I was starting to really feel the effects of dieting with your metabolism adapting, and my workouts weren't going as well, and things like that. So I had to dial, uh, add calories back in, and so I jumped them up to three thousand a day. And mm. now I have, I'm eating three thousand calories a day. You're telling me a two hundred fifty calorie donut or a three hundred calorie donut is that big of a deal? Like, and that's where people go wrong. I'll even have my own clients. They're like, Jared, I love what you're doing. There's just no way I could do it. And I'm like, why? And they're like, I just know I'd gain weight. I'm like, wait, so you're saying this one little donut or this one Snickers bar, this one, whatever their, their hot button is. I'm like, this one thing inherently magically stores fat. And it, we're, we're, that's where people think. 
but that's not how this game works at all, you know. So for people who aren't totally familiar with the idea, why don't you explain the concept of flexible dieting? Like, what is it and what isn't it? Yeah, so um, here's, here's the problem where I see a lot of people go is they want to label every little thing. Like, my, my, like I'm a, the biggest fan of flexible dieting where you just have a very flexible approach with your nutrition. But it does have straightforward principles and guidelines. But where people go wrong is they want to put a brand name and an identity on everything. So they're like, oh, Jared, so you do IIFYM if it fits your macros. Like, no, I don't marry that diet or system. And they're like, wait, you didn't eat till two o'clock today? Wait, so, oh, so you're intermittent fasting? Like, no, mm. I'm not. I, you, too many people think they have to identify um, and pick a diet or a system and make it a religion and teach it to their children versus it doesn't have <laughs> to be like that. Like, you know, I, people like, like, you, like, you know, you're in trouble. Like when you see someone trying to argue with you about nutrition and their diet is in their Instagram handle. Like, yeah. oh, like it's, it, it's a problem. Whereas it doesn't have to be like that. Everything, everything in the world and the universe operates on a set of principles, not one way of specific operating. It's, it's principles. It's like the, one of my favorite examples is the rules of the road. So I drive a Chevy cruise. Uh, what do you drive? I drive a super sweet minivan. Okay, there you go. You drive a minivan. I, I have some friends who drive in the Midwest. You get these country boys driving the big old trucks that they have to jump up into. Um, yeah. You got mopeds, you got motorcycles, you got all every type of vehicle on the road. Because I just like my little fuel efficient car. You probably have kids to roll to, to, to drive around. Um, I have three and all of their well, friends. There you go. And uh, my, my little brother has one of those big old trucks and he hauls stuff. So everyone has their vehicle for a different purpose because that's what works with their lifestyle. You know, my little brother hauls stuff. I like to have really good fuel economy. You have to haul a bunch of kids around. So we all pick our vehicle for our lifestyles, just like um, some people might skip breakfast because that's what works for their lifestyle. Some people might not care for carbs, which is fine. Um, that might work for their lifestyle. Some people um, love donuts like I do. So that fits their lifestyle, but we all operate by the same rules of the road of dieting. So rules of the road, you got you, you go on green, stop on red, uh, you need to go to the speed limit. And if you abide by all those rules, it doesn't matter what vehicle you drive because we can all drive successfully on the road if we follow the rules of the road. That's why, you know, I teach people why the reason every single diet works is because every diet has three things in common. It has a calorie deficit, a consistent period of time, and a shredded person associated with it, which makes everybody second guess everything. <laughs> but, <laughs> but every diet also has its inverse. Like, uh, uh, like every you got vegan, you've got carnivore, you've got low carb, you've got low fat or, or, or high carb. You've got, um, you know, you've got clean eating or let's say paleo. Uh, then, then you've got flexible dieting and if it fits your macros, you've got um, intermittent fasting, you've got eat every three hours. You've got every diet literally has its total inverse. So the way I, especially when it comes to teaching about flexible dieting and a very flexible approach with the nutrition a lot of it is from just the education side. You have to know every diet works and the three principles and the main principles why every diet works. So that's why in terms of especially food relationships, because food relationships, in my opinion, should be at the top of your priority list because way too many people feel the urge to binge and emotionally eat, have all this stuff that goes on. And a lot of times there's some you know, baggage under the, un, under the surface or some, some more mental stuff going on that would have to be addressed. But mm -hmm. as a whole, that getting people to really realize that, you know, one thing won't ever make or break you. Um, and the concept of you can literally make anything work in your, your, your calories and your lifestyle, it really takes the pressure off this. And it's almost like super, almost a freeing feeling because wait, I'm sure you've seen with your followers and your clients that like people will feel like almost stuck in a cage for years at a time where they have to be super deprived, hate their lives and life just sucks if they want to lose weight. And, and it's yeah. like they have to sacrifice their happiness for a physical goal, which it should not be like that. So you mentioned food relationships. What are some of the things that you think can help people develop a healthier, better relationship with food or even discover what their current relationship with food is? So uh, the big, a big red flag that I see a lot is when people have a designated good food, bad food list. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, things like everyone has like, if, if, if I say chicken, rice, broccoli, plants, uh, you know, oatmeal, everyone has like the, the emotions they're feeling right now. That's listening to that. Like everyone's like, oh, okay. So then I go pizza, donuts, cookies, cake, ice cream. Now everyone has almost like a negative feeling in their stomach when I say when I can put those two lists side by side. But that's a problem. Because 
now we're putting, when people do that, they're putting those quote unquote bad foods on pedestals. And they're like, oh, these are bad. And I can't touch these. These are bad. But, but that, at the end of the day, if you eat nothing all day, then have 500 calories of any food, it's not going to get stored as fat. Because a lot of people like to come out of, out of the woodwork and they're like, well, insulin this, well, this, that, well, genetics this, PCOS that, thyroid this. And like, I, don't get me wrong, all of those, like those are all legitimate. But at the end of the day, your, your energy balance dictates everything. You know, it doesn't matter. You could have a, two, a tablespoon of sugar every single meal, but if you end up in a calorie deficit over a consistent period of time, you'll lose weight with elevated insulin levels. Like, and a lot of people feel like they, they have just these certain foods are good, inherently good, inherently bad, but everything's contextual. You can, the, the thing I think people don't understand is you can take a hundred percent completely organic and quote unquote healthy food, eat it in a calorie surplus and get diabetes. Yeah. People don't realize that because everyone thinks that, oh, these 17 foods are good. These 17 foods are whatever. They're separate. 2000 calories of healthy food is different than 2000 calories of unhealthy food. But at the end of the day, calories, just a unit of measure, just like uh, one of my favorite examples is any other u- unit of measuring dollars and cents, whether you spend a thousand bucks on an iPhone or you spend a thousand bucks on a new mattress, those are two completely different products, but a thousand bucks is a thousand bucks. Your bank doesn't view those dollars any different. Yeah. Um, or if you take a mile, you know, one mile, 5,280 feet. Um, I think that's a mile. If you put that on pavement, <laughs> that I don't know. Line, <laughs> if you put that mile on pavement, it's a mile, like black and white, it's a mile. But if you go put that mile underwater, it's still exactly a mile. If you go put that mile in the desert on sand dunes up and down, it's still a mile. If you put that mile straight up and down in a rocket going into space, no matter what way you flip it, that mile is still 5,280 feet. There's no way to get around it. But when people say, oh, 2,000 calories of healthy food is different than 2,000 calories of unhealthy food, that's like saying, oh, a mile north and a mile south are different. One's longer than the other. Whereas that's flawed. That's, it's simply a unit of measurement. So I think a lot of people from the, when really learning about food relationships and understanding this, I think a lot of people just lack the, uh, the basic, not being disrespectful, but a lot of people lack the basic understanding of like, in the basic education of what a calorie is, what is, what, what's the difference between calorie and nutritional density and all these diff- different things, because then it all, everything's contextual. Like is a, is pizza bad? Okay, well, should I eat a whole pizza? Probably not. That's probably not a good idea. Well, what about half a pizza? Okay, well, that's better, but I still probably shouldn't smash half a pizza. Well, what about a piece of pizza? What about a bite of pizza? What about a pepperoni off of the pizza? Like at what point, there's no at one point black and white, good, bad. It's all contextual. But one one of my favorite ways to get people to really start with their food relationships because that's the thing is usually people are like, okay, well, how do I fix a food relationship? They're like, okay, I've got all these good food, bad food lists. And, you know, I feel morally guilty for having, you know, one bite of a donut or birthday cake. But the thing is, this is where it becomes really, uh, becomes really delicate because when, you know, let's say you have something like quote unquote, a trigger food, let's say if you have a a box of donuts on your counter, it literally is almost like uh, an addiction level where you like, you will smash the whole thing and you start to get the shakes. Obviously to get from that to, um, to great relationships is going to take time because we're playing with psychology here. And I think a lot of people want to rush this process versus realizing like any other relationship, you're not going to meet your, you know, you're not going to meet whoever you're going to marry. And on the first night, you're going to be talking about, you know, what, what you're going to name your kids. Any relationship (laughs) takes time to nurture, you know? So, um, so I think a lot of people rush the food uh, relationship thing. So that's why my first first suggestion when it comes to fixing some of these relationships is you know, let's say you have your hot button food, like let's call it donuts, just because that's what we're talking about. Get them out of the house. Like obviously get them out of the house. Like don't have it, you know, if, if on an extreme, if someone is an alcoholic and has, has issues with alcohol, they don't have a bar in their house. Like that's not conducive for that goal of fixing the alcoholism. Right. So in, in the same way, take these foods that you have issues with and get them out of the house. That's the first thing. But then where people go wrong is they just, I feel like that and people stop there. Like, that's the first step, but I feel like people stop there and that's just like sweeping problems under the rug instead of addressing Yes. Cause then they ban it all together. Like it's not, I can't, I can't control myself around donuts. I'm, I'm not allowed to have donuts. Yeah, exactly. But see here, the beautiful thing about the food industry 
um, is they make a lot of money on single serving foods versus like, mm -hmm. you know, they make their margins are a lot better on one donut versus a dozen donuts. So almost any food you can find single servings. You can literally buy two packs of Oreos. You can buy one donut. You can buy one cupcake. So the thing is with all of that is now once you, let's say you, you've made your environment more conducive to your goals. It's let's say you got all of the foods that you struggle with out of the house. Now it's the point where now we've got to learn to fit the things back in to really teach you that, that everything's going to be okay. If you have a donut, whereas a lot of my clients who one of their first priorities is to get their food relationships back on par is one, one of the, uh, the first things I'll have them do is uh, we'll find whatever their, their hot button is. Like, let's say it's a donut. I will literally put a donut a day in their program, or I will put a Snickers bar every single day in their program. Because and we'll, we'll let's say get the calories reined in, the protein reined in, their plants reined in, all that. But within <laughs> that process, hey, go! I want you to go buy a fun size Snickers bar at the store every single day. And then a lot of times, red flags start to raise. They're like, whoa, 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 Jared! I'm afraid it's going to get stored as fat. And then we have this education con conversation again about, hey, what a calorie is, how this actually works. Because there's the education side of it where you understand it, but then you actually have to implement what you believe in now. <laughs> and yes. that's where people that's where people struggle. That's where people go from like, Oh yeah, I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. Okay. Now do it. Oh, wait a second. Now we got some friction. I think those are two huge components. I think people has been, have been so miseducated. I think in a lot of cases we've been purposely misled, you know, for other people to make money, um, mm -hmm. conflicting information out there. And so I think just having the education is huge, but I think you're right. Even people who are, who, get properly educated on what it takes to lose weight and they have the sound principles can still struggle with taking action on them because it feels scary exactly what you're describing like oh wait i'm gonna actually i'm gonna actually eat snickers every day yeah well and, and that's the thing this is where usually some keyboard war i'm sure as you've, you've seen especially in the fun world of social media you'll see keyboard warriors come out and you say you make one post about flexible dieting or uh making you know a snickers working your calories and it's, oh, Jared, or, oh, Kim, are you, are you saying it's okay to eat your entire day's worth of food from protein or from, uh, from donuts and Pop-Tarts, whereas any extreme is bad, any extreme. If you, obviously, like, if you eat only Pop-Tarts every day in your calories, yeah, you'll lose, you'll lose weight because it's a calorie deficit, but that's not sustainable at all. You're going to eat four Pop-Tarts and your calories are going to be full for the day and your sleep's going to be terrible, your training's going to be terrible, you're going to be hungry and grumpy all the time, like, like, and the yeah, chances you'll actually stop with those four Pop-Tarts aren't, aren't great, right? You're going to be yeah. hungry. Exactly. And, and that's the thing, but people want to jump to extremes in every case. Yeah. That, that'd be like, that'd be like saying like, you know, you just, let's say your kid does something they shouldn't because kids are kids and you discipline them. That's like someone saying, oh, so are you going to beat your kid till they can't breathe? Like, no, yeah. I'm disciplining them appropriately. But it's like but, there's this but, whole big area in the middle of everything that people jump over, you know? Yeah. Well, one of the biggest things, the biggest fa uh, fallacies I see most people do, uh, I'm sure you see it as well, is everyone thinks they're all or nothing people, but I've yet in my life to meet an all or nothing person. We are not all or nothing people. It's, Ooh, it's tell me about that. Tell me more about so, that. So we, when it comes to fitness, everyone acts like, like, and they almost put like a badge of honor on it. They're like, oh, well, I'm all or nothing, Jared. I'm all in, all out. Uh, I am either on it or off it. I'm either eating like I should, or I'm eating like, you know, like a hippo or, whatever. Like, had you ever hear that? Like with, like in your, with, within your oh, area, absolutely. You like people they, and they almost wear it like a badge of honor. Like, Oh, I'm an all or nothing person. That's just who I am. Whereas I call complete BS. Um, I actually had one of my, uh, one of my girls in one of my online programs, we were having a coaching call and she said that, and she's like, well, Jared, I'm just an all or nothing person. Like, you know, that's why I have trouble with this. And I go, Oh really? Can you give me other examples outside of fitness where you're all or nothing? And, uh, and I said, because uh, I knew she went to college and she, uh, and she, I, she went to law school. And I'm like, okay, so you went to, and in our conversation, I'm like, did you ever get a less than an A? Did you ever get a B on a test? And she's like, yeah. And I said, so why didn't you drop out? That would be an all or nothing approach. Yeah. A's or drop out. And she goes, oh. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever dropped your cell phone in like spider web, the screen? We've all, like, you know, you ever dropped your phone in like. So sad. A bit? Yeah. <laughs> Now the phone most of the time still works and you have to look at that cracked screen, but most everyone that's listening that who's an all or nothing person has cracked their screen. 
And I said, so have you ever cracked your screen? And she goes, yeah. And I go, so why does your cell phone work? If you were an all or nothing person, you would have stomped that thing into the concrete till it didn't turn on again. And I, and, or there's the other cliche when I said, have you ever gotten a flat tire? Have you ever like walked out of your house, going to work and you have a flat tire? Yeah. Well, why didn't you slit the other three? Because you're an all or nothing person. And she goes, yeah. So oh. why do you think people do that with their nutrition? Why do you think people define themselves like, Hey, look, I ate some pizza, so I'm all in now. Why do, why do we make that leap with nutrition when we don't do it? You're right. Like nobody does that with, I can't think of another area where people do that. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I, I almost wonder if it's just, I, this sounds bad, an easy way out. It's, it's, it's where, you know, I could be wrong on that. Like there's probably some deep psychology with it that I've not seen, but like, I feel like a lot of people are, con there, I think there's two sides to it. There's people are conditioned to it because people say it with a badge of honor. They're like, oh, I'm all or nothing, where they either have to be, because they go so to such a polarity on one side, they work out every day, they eat 100% clean, they eat only these five foods, and they stay away completely from sugar and donuts and da 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 So because of just the polarity, they're all on one side, and they think they have to be perfect because everyone thinks they have to be perfect to get results. But then they just rebound the other way. So they just go hard one way, go hard the other way. Like that, that kind of thing. Or um, I feel like on one end, it's an easy way out. Instead mm -hmm. of saying, oh, I'm going to have to learn balance and learn, learn, learn a lot of these, these traits. People are just like, you know what? My light switch is either on or my light switch is off. Uh, it's, versus if they can't work out seven days a week, like three days a week will still, is still awesome. You know, going from, if you normally smash, like, like for me, I think people don't celebrate their wins enough. If you would normally binge eat on a whole pizza and you binge ate on a half pizza, that's progress in my book. That should be celebrated. Absolutely. You know, um, Absolutely. whereas was it perfect? Was it all or nothing? No. But did it move you in the, did it move the needle in the right direction? And if it did, that's progress because people, because it's a cliche saying, but people need to aim for progress, not perfection. Uh, a lot of people that in my experience that I've seen, um, they have the, I'll be happy when but people aren't ever fulfilled when they get something. Our brains are, are straight wired to get dissatisfied with what we have. Like, mm. I mean, think about anything in your life, but like it, you, you, you get the new shiny and then you instantly get dissatisfied and want something more. Then you get it's that true. new shiny. Until you train yourself to do otherwise. That is a hundred percent true. I was, I was reading, um, I was reading, I think it's Mark Manson. Mark, I think his name is Mark Manson's, his uh, book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. Like it, other than the fact that they say, he says like, fuck, like probably 700 times in that book. It's a phenomenal, the principles <laughs> Otherwise, that book are good. phenomenal. Yeah. But he, but even he was talking about that is our, our, our brains are, are wired to get dissatisfied of what we have. Um, so where people can make the switch is aiming for progress and not perfection because where people are most satisfied is when they're progressing. And this is in all areas. Imagine like if you see your relationship with your husband slowly getting better and better and better and better every, every month, every year. You see your fitness goals and you progressing towards them every day, every week, every month. You uh, see your business getting better, 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 better. Whereas that's when we're more fulfilled, not when we get to the finish line, so to speak, because then, well, now I've got to the finish line. Well, now what? Then you find another finish line. Then you find but, another finish line. Yeah. And then you're never satisfied and you're never happy versus becoming happy right now and learning to be happy right now and then loving the process. Even if like, let's say someone's goal is to lose, uh, let's say it's a, a bigger number. Let's say someone's goal is to lose hundred pounds, which I'm the biggest, like that's, that's amazing. Just the fact that someone will set that goal, like is high five worthy. But let's say they lose, let's say they haven't lost any weight yet, but their clothes are fitting different. Like that should be something you should be extremely ecstatic about because it's progress. The pants were tight, now they're less tight. And then, um, all of a sudden you where you'd normally smash a bottle of wine, you smash half a bottle of wine. And then you normally got, got tired 30 minutes into your workout. Now you're not tired until 45 minutes into your workout. So even though the goal of losing hundred pounds isn't there, there is definite metrics of progress happening, which is fulfilling. So that's why it's, it might, it's, it's so important to aim for progress and not perfection because perfection is not attainable. Absolutely. I find this is where coaching can really come in handy because people can blow past all of that progress without batting an eye and, you know, just without even acknowledging what they mm -hmm. until somebody points it out to them like, Hey, 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 wait a minute. Do you see what you just did? Do you see how different it is this weekend that you went this weekend and you ate two pieces of pizza and you, you know, then ate a salad with it and moved on versus last weekend when you ate 
you know, half a pizza and then felt guilty all weekend and ate all this, you know, other junk food. And then yeah. you're like, oh, wait, yeah, I did do that, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. Well, that's the other thing is we're a little more psychology in the mix. Actions always follow focus. So focus is one of your most powerful tools. And this is one thing as a, as a coach that I have to point out. And, and like, just like you said, where coaching really hits its sweet spot is we are naturally inclined to see the negative. We are naturally inclined to um, see what we don't like. I can't, I'm sure you've seen the same thing. Uh, have you ever had a client do this where they've obviously made measurable progress? They've lost a few pant sizes. Their workouts are a thousand times better. Their habits are a thousand times better. And, the, uh, and let's even say the scale's dropping, but they look at their stomach and they say, yeah, but I still have a stomach. And they literally yeah. ignored all of the good. But the, Absolutely. The problem, but the problem is actions follow focus. Whereas it's like the whole thing with your reticular activating system in your brain where you are programming um, whatever you focus on. That's all you're, you're programming yourself to see. Like, um, are you, uh, do, do you ever talk with your people about like the reticular activating system in your brain? No. Tell us. So the reticular activating system is like one of the most profound things I've ever heard. Um, so you have this organ um, towards the, um, in your brain, towards, the, towards your brainstem. It's called your RAS, or your reticular activating system. It basically works as a giant filter because it's what keeps us sane. Like right now, no one listening to this is thinking about the blood flowing through their left ear or what the hair on their uh, head feels like or the fact that um, they can see their nose in front, of, in front of their eyes, but they program, but they don't ever see it. But you could like straight up look at your own nose right now. Your RAS is what keeps you sane. Like we don't, there's, we're bombarded with millions of pieces of information every day, like the blood flowing through your left ear, the way your hair feels on your head right now, the way your shoes are feeling on your feet, then advertisements and cars and dogs and kids, but it filters to you what's important. Like have, it's the same thing as if you, you ever, I'm sure people listening can relate to this. You ever bought a car and all of a sudden you see it everywhere? Yes, all the time. That's what that's your RAS. That because it's not like that minivan you have. It's not like, you know, you got yours and everyone else is like, oh, I want one too. Like they've <laughs> been there. But now you're it's in your awareness. So that's all you see. Um in the same way, if you're in a let's say you go to like a football game and you're in a crowd of hundreds of people and someone yells your name, you'll like turn around in two seconds and, and, and hear it, but you didn't hear the hundred other names someone was yelling. Yeah. Because your name is important to you. It's in your awareness. Well, the problem is this is where a lot of people go south because your actions follow focus. So whatever you're focusing on is all you're going to see. Whereas if someone, let's say that example of, let's say the scale hasn't moved, they want to lose weight, but their pants are fitting better. There is, there's two pieces of information. There's their pants getting better, which is awesome, but the scale hasn't moved, which they view as not awesome. Well, what happens is too often people choose to focus on the bad now all they see is bad. That's, that's when they don't see the fact that their pants are fitting there. The they don't see their workouts are easier. They don't see um, their faces thin down. They don't see um, their spouse is more attracted to them. They don't see all these amazing things because they chose to focus on the one thing that they deem is important, which is what's negative. Now all they see is negative. This is the same reason why so many, we know people who are just constantly negative and when it rains, it pours. And it's like they can never catch a break. But it's yeah. because that's all they choose to see. They could have a, they literally could have a winning lottery ticket on the ground in front of them, but their RAS filters it out. They don't see it because all they do is focus on the bad. So all you, it's, it's just like a weapon. You can, you can point your weapon at good things or bad things. Your RAS is, it just, all it knows what to do is the filter. So you just have so to So how can it. people use that to their advantage with their fat loss goals? Tell, so people, so if somebody's listening right now and they're like, I do that. I do that, Jared. I focus on what I focus on what I want to have happening. That's not happening. What should they do? What should they do to use that to their benefit? Your focus is in 100% your control. A lot of people like to make it sound like your thoughts are, buoy, are like a buoy in the ocean. Well, a lot of people's are, but your thought process and the way your brain works and the way you can intently and choose what you think about is entirely in your control. People like to you know, act like, like all act like they like to act like everything is all this is predestined where they're like, Oh, I'm just predestined to be fat or I'm predestined to struggle like that. Like right there, someone will literally, they say to themselves, I'm not motivated. You literally killed every chance of ever being motivated. You just yeah. literally proclaimed it's inverse. It does. We know nothing works like that. If you imagine if I like to compare it to extreme examples, because principles still apply to extreme examples. Imagine your kid, 
let's imagine your youngest kid, if you got him, if every day before they brush their teeth, they got up, looked himself in the mirror and said, I'm worthless and won't amount to anything. It, you, you know, that kid would grow up and be worthless and not amount to anything because mm-hmm. they've been programming themselves to believe it. But us adults act like we're different, but it's not. So when we completely bombard our brains every day, thinking about how unmotivated we are, how much fat loss is going to suck, how long this is going to take, how hard this is going to be, and how it's easy for everyone else but them. And all these negative things, we're programming ourselves just like that kid would program themselves, but it's bad for them, but it's okay for us, which doesn't make sense. So I think a lot, of, a lot of people forget that their thoughts and their focus is in their control. So from a tactical standpoint on what they, people can do every single day, I'm the biggest fan of a gratitude journal. You can instantly change your state by, change, by, by focusing on what you're grateful for. Every, every single day. I think every person should start and end their day with a gratitude list because you can't be grateful and mad, grateful and stressed, grateful and negative at the same time. So um, being, just being, coming from a constant place of gratitude and, and specifically looking for the good. Um, a lot of times, and I know it sounds kind of cheesy and hokey, but especially for people like, like you said that right now listening, they're like, oh my gosh, I do that. Literally tactically setting aside, time aside every single day to try to find things that's working. Well, let's see. I used to smash a bottle of wine. Now I only smash half a bottle. That's a win. Um, well, my pants are, even though the scale hasn't moved any, I have noticed my clothes are fitting different. I do stand up straighter. Man, sleeping is a lot better now. Man, I do drink a lot more water than I used to be. And a lot of times just tactically looking for these things is where you went at because then now you're starting to program, reprogram your, your RAS to focus on and see all the good. And then actions are more conducive. I love that. I think that is super powerful. I really, crazy. I think, you know, looking for the wins that you have achieved that day and acknowledging them is huge. And you're right. Say it again. What did you say? Your actions follow your focus. What did you, is that? Yeah. What actions always follow focus. I actions mean, I mean, even, even like, think about when you're driving, we've all been driving and see a car accident and we turn our head and your arms naturally turn the steering wheel. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm teaching my uh, middle son to drive right now. And literally yesterday we were on my road and I guess he decided he wanted to change. We started and we pulled out of the driveway and he forgot to start the app that counts his minutes. And he Mm -hmm. had to like go over to the side of the road for a second well, he almost hit the curb because he was so focused on pulling over the side and he doesn't have, <laughs> doesn't have that perception yet of like how far over you should go. Right. <laughs> doing. He didn't tell me like, Hey, I forgot to start my thing. I'm going to, I'm going to pull over. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I was looking over. I was looking over at the side. I didn't realize how close I got to it. And so the car mm-hmm. followed where he was, where he was looking and we, we all but ran up on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it's, in every facet does action follow focus. It's, and that's why you have a lot of people for, try to forget the, the mindset and the, the, the mental headspace side of all this. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get to that later. What's the best diet plan? What's the best workout plan? What's the best whatever? And they like to leave the psychology piece way in the back. Yeah. And they're like, because it's not sexy, exciting, and you can't sell it. Yeah. Everybody's looking for hacks and tips and tricks and the one thing. Yeah. That's, that's one of the, that's one of my, um, one of my favorite things that people should do is I'm the biggest fan of journaling. There, now there's obviously different levels of journaling, but, um, but if someone were to simple, simply start in their day with what they're grateful for, writing out their goals that they're working on, and then at the end of the day, doing that all over again, but then um, making a special couple lines for what wins they had that day, mm-hmm. all of a sudden actions will be different because I'm sure, I mean, that that, that what you teach with your people is success is found in the daily, in our daily life. It's not like you're going to do some big power move that's going to take half your day and do that for a month and you're going to look different. It's it's all in the subtleties. It's all in the small, tiny things that you do every single day. It's not a seven hour workout once a month. It's literally, you could do 20 minutes every other day and in a year you'll look different. It's making a, don't stop starving yourself. It's making a two to 300 calorie deficit, but it's every single day. And then over time, fat falls off. It's, it's not like with this the mental shift, it's this crazy, massive paradigm. It's literally taking five minutes before your day starts to write out what you're grateful for, write out your goal. Now your brain is set right. And then at the end of the day, doing that all over again, and now focusing and actually replaying your wins and now doing some little tactics like that. That's just some of the stuff that I do doing things like that, but every single day for a year 
your brain is going to shift just like a muscle will transform, just like fat will fall off, just like anything else adapts. Your brain will adapt to that too. And then it becomes where your actions are way more conducive. Yeah. And I like what you said there about focusing on the daily stuff and the small stuff. I know people mm -hmm. want to focus on things like even as short as a week though, like I want to lose a pound this week. I want to lose a pound this week. I want to lose a pound this week. And in reality, like saying that, thinking about it, like focusing on it does nothing. Like you can't like think your way to losing a pound, right? But if you focus on what you have to do every day without even thinking about the results, just focus on like, all right, today I'm supposed to, you know, create this 250 calorie deficit. I'm supposed to get this many steps and I'm supposed to, you know, eat vegetables with every meal. If you focus on these little things that don't feel like they're going to be that big of a deal, you end up where you want to be. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I, I usually ask people, because I'm sure you get DMs out the rear end or in your client or clients just ask <laughs> a lot, every, or probably, you probably, you probably hear the same 30 questions every day, like roughly. Absolutely. And might not even be 30, my, it might be like 10. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like overall, it's like nothing, like everything boils down into the same 30 questions, right? Yeah. Like the same give or take, probably not even that many. Like it's probably not, yeah. even, it's probably the same. Honestly, it probably boils down to the same three questions to <laughs> 7,000 times. But, yep. but one of my favorite questions to ask is because we know there's so many ways to win with this game. It's not only what you can win with a thousand different ways. But my question I usually like to ask people that usually separates everything that, or that usually really brings everything to the surface is what's the longest you have ever done any habit whatsoever? Like people are like, oh, Jared, I can't lose weight. I've been dieting for a year. I'm like, wait, have you actually, you've actually been eating the calorie deficit for an entire year and tracking your food for a year? Or have you been doing it for two weeks on, five weeks off, mm -hmm. two weeks on, fall off for the last year? And, and a lot of it is I just made a video with um, um, the other day on, I don't know if I pu I've published it yet. Um, but I'm basically asking like, what is the longest you've done any habit? Because most people, especially um, in my experience, just with, like lately with the, the questions and comments I've been getting, is when people start to throw uh, excuses like age, uh, genetics, uh, their jobs, mm -hmm. you know, or even actual medical conditions like PCOS or thyroid or all mm -hmm. these different things. Um, oh, Jared, I, just, I can't do it. It's not working of, because of XYZ. I, I still ask, what's the longest you've ever followed any protocol ever? How many months have straight have you followed anything consistently? And their eyes get really big. Yeah. And they're because like, like, yeah, I get it. like, let's say PCOS. Yeah, that is an actual issue. Thyroid. Yeah, that is an actual issue. But I've coached plenty of people with thyroid and PCOS and age issues and, uh, you know, a lot of big medical issues, but they're consistent as hell and they still get results because they'll drink even something as simple as how many like drinking your water every day, something that's super simple. Um, something like getting out and doing a 10 minute walk every day, every other day, like do that for the next five months and you'll still look different. Um, something like making your bed. I think there's a massive correlation between making your bed every day and fat loss. Oh gosh, I'm a total failure at making my bed. <laughs> I, I actually tried for a dedicated period of time. I was going to get up every day and I was going to make my bed. I just don't do it. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing is for a lot of people who aren't where they want to be, like, that's the thing is obviously you can get in shape and not make your bed. But, but like, let's say someone who struggles with discipline and they just like, man, I just can't stick with it. I just always uh, go over this or I always skip the gym because I'm just not feeling it, whatever. Usually there's some smaller discipline that's lacking. Usually that yeah. same person doesn't make their bed. They usually um, leave the, the cardboard piece on the toilet paper and don't change out the toilet <laughs> paper themselves. Like these aren't big things. But, but um, my challenge in that video I was talking about Cause I'm not a big fan of like little eight week, nine, you know, these fitness challenges. But I, I, I said, I want to know, I said, not a fitness challenge. I said, I want you to pick any habit, any small minute habit that you don't do, even if it's not related to fitness. And I want to see how many months you can do that straight. Like whether it is drink X amount of water a day, non-negotiable, um, read 10 pages in a, uh, leadership or develop personal development book every day, uh, go on a 10 minute walk with your dog every single day, even if it's raining outside, like, I said non-negotiable stuff where you have to put a little bit of grit into it. And these don't have to be big habits. It could be something like making your bed um, or, you know, making sure you do the dishes in your sink every single night before you go to bed. I said, I want to see how long you, someone can go the longest with doing something consistently every single day. Because most people stop at like two or three weeks and then want to blame some other reason for them not being in shape. Yeah. Well, you know what? When things get hard, 
Now, often I think a, a big part of the problem is people bite off more than they can chew. Like you talk about really small things there. Yeah. People are often like, like, what's that going to do? Right. And so they pick some big like lifestyle overhaul and then they can't do it after two weeks because it takes so much energy and it's so hard. And so I love the idea of picking small habits and getting really, really good at them to the point you're not even thinking about it anymore. You know, like yeah. I don't think anymore about working out. Like I just, I don't have to. But, you know, nine years ago I did, you know, I had to mm -hmm. make a concerted effort to get my gym time in. Now it's just like, okay, how do I fit that into my schedule this week? Because clearly I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people I think don't realize the goal with, um, the goal with all this workout and nutrition stuff is make the smallest change to have the biggest result. Yeah. Because it really doesn't take a lot to make a catalyst happen. Like, I mean, you should, you see how like literally anything, um, let's see, like, uh, let me think of a good example. Let's say your car's unaligned. Let's say your car taught like the alignment on your vehicle is just a little bit off. It doesn't take long at all before stuff's rubbing together. That's not supposed to rub together. Now you have a broken down car because of a seven degree difference on alignment. Or um, you'll see like, let's say the, the foundation of a house, but someone makes one brick crooked. Now the whole thing is messed up. It doesn't take a lot in the fat loss realm and the fitness realm to cause catalyst uh, to cause a catalyst for big change to happen when that small thing is done consistently you know Absolutely. Um, one of my one of my favorite examples is um i can't i can't take credit for this uh andy frisella a mentor of mine is the one who gave talked about this example is imagine you uh have your car your car is filthy and you're like okay you go you go out to wash your car and you get your bucket of water you fill it up uh then you get your sponge and you put the sponge in the water and you start scrubbing your car and you keep scrubbing, 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 scrubbing. You scrub your car for a hot minute. You scrub that thing for like hours, but your car is filthy. But then you go to rinse it off and your car is still disgusting because the one little thing you forgot was the soap. Mm. You literally just rubbed water on your dirty car and now all the mud's just smeared around. Yeah. But, but it's not, that, but the biggest, it wasn't that you need to work harder or work smarter or da 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 da. It's you literally forgot this itty, this one teeny, teeny, tiny thing made all the difference. Or if like you're baking a cake, you, you interchange baking soda to baking powder. All of a sudden that teaspoon of product made was a night and day difference on, on the cake. You know? Yeah. I and mixed up sugar and salt making a cake when I was a kid. <laughs> that cake did not taste good. <laughs> I guarantee it. But the thing is like, you still did the same amount of effort. You still did the same amount of work, but it was just that little 3% that made the difference. A lot of people are underestimating what a 3% change in their day will do. Something like walking for 10 minutes or things like drinking X amount of water a day or things like literally having something green on your plate, no matter what's on your plate. Um, things like, you know, even if you can't, even if you're not, even if you go to the gym and don't know what to do, the fact that you walked in that building, you're going to do something conducive. Um, yeah. it's that kind of stuff. People for people think that they have to like make their own cake recipe and they don't know anything about making cakes versus like, no, you just follow these directions and do these little 2% and all of a sudden you have a magical cake. It's, I think people think they have to do way more than what they have to. I love that. I love that. We're going to end it there because we started talking about donuts and we're going to end talking about On cake. So that makes the perfect podcast. Awesome. <laughs> so before we go, Jared, I always like to have a little speed round just for fun. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Just going to shoot from the hip here. All right. Your favorite poster that was on your wall as a teenager? Uh, I never had posters on my wall. You never had posters? Wow. Nope. All right. I know. Country, <laughs> a country you haven't visited yet but would like to? Uh, oh, shoot. All of them? <laughs> All of them. So you got to pick one. <laughs> um, mm, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't done a whole lot of traveling, so like literally anywhere. Any, anywhere literally anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, where, have you, where have you traveled outside the U.S. so far? The, the, I've, the only place I've traveled outside the U.S. is the Dominican Republic. Oh, you have a lot of choices then. Yeah, like I haven't done a lot of traveling like at all. All right, you need, you need to get some plans. All right, what's your favorite exercise? Uh, bench. I love bench. What's your least favorite exercise? Uh, anything legs. <laughs> really? Anything legs? Yeah. You don't I'm, like squatting, I'm, deadlifting, none of it? Uh, those are okay, but like just generally i'm i'm part of my brain is the stereotypical meathead that doesn't like to train legs yeah 
You're, you're a chest still do it, biceps kind of guy. Oh yeah. I still do it though. Trust me, but, uh, just not as <laughs> enjoyable. Well, I have to tell you when I first started training, the person who taught me how to lift weights was really kind of bro kind of guy. And I did like chest and biceps three times a week for like four months when I first started training. Oh my gosh. Not, not many women start their uh, lifting uh, that way. I actually love bench. All right, what is the physical accomplishment that you are most proud of? Like my own, like my own physical yeah, accomplishment? your own. Like something- Like current, like, oh, like over the course of any time or like- recently? Anytime, anytime, like even as a kid. Uh, as a kid, I, uh, I was super involved in martial arts and, uh, getting uh, a couple black belts was pretty dope. Like that was probably like as a kid, one of my nice. points. So love that. What's your, what's a performance goal you have now? Um, I, I would like to get all of my lifts, uh, up to 400 plus on all my major lifts, my squat bench dead up to all over 400. Wow. Fantastic. That's a big one. How close are you? Um, uh bench isn't as close uh i always ha i have a shoulder issue that i'm kind of mm. working on with but otherwise my squat and bench are pretty close in the threes so nice yeah okay so this next question i'm going to give a caveat i want to know what's a favorite word and it can't be the f word everyone says the f word <laughs> uh favorite word blessed i know it's cheesy oh. but blessed is one of my favorite words I like that. I like that a lot. Jared, is that weird? Answer. My two favorite words are fucking blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't combine them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So thanks so much for being here. If people are looking to connect with you, where is the best place for them to do that? Uh, best place would be to really, especially get kind of uh, an idea for the kind of content I put out and, and whatnot is my Instagram. Uh, it's at real Jared Hamilton, not the fake one, the real one. Uh, <laughs> Not, yeah, uh, so who's the, who's the other Jared Hamilton that made you put you had to be the real Jared Hamilton? I have no idea. I went to, but like when I opened up my first Instagram page, I was going to just do Jared Hamilton, but some other dude had it. So, uh, so I just put real Jared Hamilton. So Cool. Yep. All right, Jared, thank you so much for being here. I think this has been super educational. I think people are going to learn a lot from this. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Hey, thanks so much for joining me here on the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you learned something. And if you did, I would love it if you would leave me a rating and a review. It really does help to get this show uh, in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here, and I will catch you next time.